I'm Nala Ayed, host of Ideas. In this age of clickbait and online shouting, Ideas is a meeting ground for people who want to deepen their understanding of the world. Join me as we crack open a concept to see how it plays out over place and time and how it matters today. From the rise of authoritarianism to the history of cult movies, no idea is off limits. Ideas is on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, I'm Isabelle Racico. And I'm Martine Saint-Victor. This is Seat at the Table, the show where Martine and I talk to people shaping pop culture and the media. Martine, it's so weird to be sitting here in the Montreal CBC studios. Because of the pandemic, I had not stepped foot here since... I think March, March. 18th. Yeah, same like for you, me. right? Yeah, same, it's same so for me. It's so quiet and deserted. And masked. Yeah. Shall we reintroduce ourselves to people who did not tune in season one? Sure. So we've been friends for 20 years. It's a little bit more than that. By now, it's, I want to say it's 25 years. Uh, we bonded <laughs> over Oprah, shrimp pizza, and football. Uh, we can get, <laughs> we can talk about how I fell in love with football another time. This is not about me. But you know what? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I think that our friendship grew also is because uh, we're both born in Quebec, mm -hmm. but of Haitian descent. I was raised by white parents that adopted me. You were raised by your biological parents, Haitian parents. But I know that most of my Haitian culture comes from you and mm -hmm. your family. And we've traveled to Haiti together. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. And yeah. and I think another thing that bonded us is, you, you know, you said Oprah, of course, but it's also our quest to be in this world that we're such fans of, which is media. And so you've been on TV and radio for... 20 years. For 20 years. Almost and, as long as I've known you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For 20 years. I'm a communications strategist and I do, I'm a media columnist. So a lot of our conversations um, are around that. What we see on TV, what we hear on the radio, what we yeah. read in the paper. And so also a lot of our arguments are... are, are about TV and about <laughs> people that we don't know, but we feel like they're our best friends. Yes. And yes. Then it's about, yeah. And, and, our, and a lot of our arguments often are, you know, on different takes that we have about current events or... Yeah, my husband Donald calls you my wife. Mm -hmm. So when you call, he's always like, your wife is on the phone. <laughs> well, <laughs> With that expression too, because he's so fed up of us talking all the time. Oh my God. So last season, we talked about so many different topics. Mm -hmm. And mainly the idea with the show is that we wanted to talk to different people as if it was supper, you know, mm -hmm. and people that we would invite to sit down and have a meal and talk mm -hmm. about life. So, And we had Malcolm Gladwell because, of course, we would have him over for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Just a regular Wednesday night. But it was fun. And, and Grandmaster Flash, remember, he, he talked to us about his sisters being raised by women. Yeah. So it was fun because it wasn't people who had necessarily a book to push, an album to push or something to promote. So it was really just about conversations with no agenda. Yeah. And now we kind of have an agenda. Exactly. Things are a bit different. Things are different. A lot has happened, especially in the last couple of months. In Minneapolis, a video of police brutality has shocked the city. George Floyd died after an officer pinned him to the ground. I think that there is some discrimination in Quebec, but there's no systemic discrimination. It's not because we're all black. That's mean that we 
We deserve to be treated like animals. We're humans. Wow. Goosebumps. Brings me back to the moment when my youngest, my 13-year-old son Justin, came running down the stairs showing me on his phone the Instagram video where he saw George Floyd died. And the video in itself is already extremely troubling. And to have to watch it as a parent in front of my child, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, what do I say? Uh, I, and the next day, we're sitting at the table and Donald and I had the conversation, the famous conversation mm-hmm. that every Black family has at one point or another with their kids, because we do have a 13 and a 17-year-old. And we were telling them, you know, in a very pragmatic way, what to do, what not to do, if they're in a situation where the police comes, right? And it was a bit weird because we were just giving them facts. Uh, Donald was giving them his own experience. Because he's been arrested, stopped yeah, by the police stopped for by the police random, for no reason. Yeah, yeah. randomly. But there was no fear, no tears, no outrage. We were really trying to make it sound and feel normal. And I went to bed that night thinking, there's something wrong. Does this make sense to you that we're trying to normalize mm. racial profiling to our kids? Mm. And the reason why I'm doing this as a parent is because I'm thinking, I don't want to excite them. I don't want them to panic. I don't want them to freak out. So let me just make it sound like it's just something mm-hmm. normal. But mm. it's not. I remember you and I talking and saying, why are people waking up now, right? Mm-hmm. There was the George Floyd, but that week, the Central Park situation with Amy Cooper. And a couple of weeks prior to that, there was the Ahmaud Arbery. Breonna Taylor. And so we were torn with these emotions mm-hmm. of thinking, well, we're happy that people are finally saying, wait a second, this has to stop. But why now? Mm-hmm. Why this moment? Right. Is it the pandemic that you know people had time to actually see what's happening? I don't know. I don't know why, but... I'm happy something is going on. Yeah, I'm happy. And, and I think part of the frustration is because there's part of us. I was like, aha, we told you, right? <laughs> that's that's your style. Yeah, <laughs> but we've been telling you. I'm old enough to remember the Rodney King beating. And guess what? That's That was on video. Yeah. And guess what happened? The cops walked free. And the narrative at the time was, oh, but what did he do to deserve the beating? No. No, no, that's not what the narrative They tried that again with George Floyd, right? Yeah, they tried that again, Mm -hmm. but very early on, this type of narrative was drowned out because people were like, no, not this time, we're not having it, right? And so that's part of the change, I find, between the police brutality we see now and the police brutality that you and I have seen Mm -hmm. since, you know, the early 90s that we've been been witnesses to. Yeah. You and I have joked that we've we've gone through like the stages of mourning with this thing. From... Yeah, let's explain why we say that. Well, because you know, in mourning you have different stages. There are seven, including rage, including sadness, including including denial. And I think we had like this this avalanche of emotions and every day and so there is exhaustion because at one point you're like I want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it 24-7. But how can I talk about something else, you know? I know, I know. And and like the first few days, 
my Caucasian friends were calling and texting me yeah. for the first time in my entire life yeah. saying, I don't know what to say, but I'm sorry. Uh, can yeah. we talk? I had my friend's kids calling to find out if Donald had been arrested, you know. Not now. Not but like now, but in, in his past. life. And I wasn't sure what to answer at first. Should I answer mm. the real Mm-hmm. The real thing, or should I make it comfortable for them? And for the first time, I also decided not to make it comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Meaning I wasn't going to give them answers to make them feel okay. I was honest and I ended up having conversations that I had never had before. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the past when I would imply that something had happened mm-hmm. because of the color of my husband's skin or because of my color. We're both black, but I'm biracial. That's for those who have never seen me. Um, and I would often get like either a look or a comment or saying, like, oh, oh, you see racism everywhere. Yeah. So you so, you start... You stop st- talking about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, but for the first time, I was having those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And I still am. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think those are important. They are. And, and you know, one of the things that's happened to me, and I know it's happened to you and it's happened to many others in the, the days and the weeks after the George Floyd's murder, friends, you know, writing and saying, what should I read? What should I listen to? What should, look, oh, on top of everything, I have to curate. <laughs> what do you have to read? And my answer has been the same. I said, you Googling what you should read is part of the journey. <laughs> you have to do that. And then, so you had that part. And the other part is like, you know, people clutching their pearls over things that we've heard and seen so many times we don't even notice anymore. So your outrage is not allyship. I get it. You're cool. Great. You're pissed about that. I have been pissed about that. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then there's part of that. And the other part is, you know, it's a little bit like after Barack Obama was elected. Like, I guess people thought I worked on his campaign because whenever somebody would come up to me, a white person and be like, isn't that great about Barack Obama? I love it. <laughs> and so now it's a little bit the same thing. Like, yeah. oh, man. And so it's a complicated tango. Because um, we're happy to, to, to get to, the, the solidarity. We're yeah, happy to get support we love it. all of a sudden. And yet we're worried. Yeah, because I understand all this is coming from a good place. Yes. And, a, and, and education is such a pivotal part of the changes that need to happen. So I'm all about it. But at the same time, you don't need me to educate yourself, you know? I mean, like, on top of everything else, I have to reassure you that, no, you're not a, ra- a rapid racist. Okay, well, you're not, because or else we wouldn't be friends, yeah. right? So it's. I, I don't think it's simple. I think it's an ongoing conversation, but I think, you know, we all of us have to do our own homework. And this is the genesis of season two. I'm looking forward to finding solutions and listening to people who already are implementing solutions. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, I'm I'm a bit scared. I'm a bit scared of being too optimistic and just being crushed again. Mm-hmm. If everything stops in two, three months and we forget about Black Lives Matter and we don't implement anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm scared of that. I'm scared that somebody's going to come up to me and say, have you done enough to elevate black voices in the last 20 years? Like, I, you know, these are all things that yeah. I am, I've been thinking about because it's one thing to point the fingers at mm-hmm. others. I have to look at myself also. What I've 
particularly in the past five years, I always say when I walk into a room when, where no one looks like me, I keep the door open and I bring someone else in. And the person doesn't have to look like me, but the person cannot look like everybody else that's in the room. So this is something we can all do. Mm, um, and I'll tell you why I have a lot of optimism. I heard Spike Lee say something and say, you know, I was in Brooklyn and the diversity in the crowd of protesters was amazing. Mm, and he's like, true. and he said, my white brothers and sisters, my Puerto Rican brothers and sisters, my black brothers and sisters. And that's great. And Spike Lee knows a little mm -hmm. something about protests. And, you know, John Lewis died not long ago, and he was optimistic. He's been at this for over 50 yeah. years. Yeah, arrested and he, many times. And he was yeah. optimistic. He said, you know, I see it. There's a change. You're right. We, are, we have more people in, in, in the fight with us. And so hopefully, you know, we'll see this diversity of voices on the show. And it's going to push us and challenge us. And already in the guest list that we have, a couple of them scare me because I know they're <laughs> going to call me on my stuff. <laughs> on your privilege? <laughs> also. Also. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, so we'll see. Let's do this. I'm really excited. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.